Jesus says that God's reign is like someone scattering seed who then sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and the seed scatterer doesn't know how. The end. I heard one commentator quip that it's the most boring of all parables. Nothing happens. Not a thing. I mean, on one level, everything happens because where there was just open land, there's now food. And that's pretty amazing. But all the seed scatterer does is sleep and rise and doesn't know what happened. That's it. So we want to rush in or at least I do, and I think I'm probably not alone in this, we want to rush in with our nurturing instincts for that seed. Like the seed scatterer could be doing so much more than just rising and sleeping night and day, right? Uh, Because we know things. We know things about fertilizer, about pest control, about sun versus shade needs for various kinds of seeds. We know things about netting and weeding. We know things. So we want to rush in. And not just in the world of the parable, the actual seed, but also in the world to which the parable points, God's reign. There, too, we want to rush in with our nurturing instincts for that seed because we know things. We know things about community and justice and a more equitable distribution of resources and breaking bread and sharing life together. We know things, so we want to rush in. But to everything, there is a season. On about 51 other Sundays this year, you will hear sermons about how you and how we can nurture God's reign among us. On about 51 other Sundays this year, you're going to hear sermons about what you and about what we can do. So this isn't an anti-gardener, anti-farmer sermon, I promise. Our nurturing instincts for seeds aren't bad. They're just not the point today. To everything, there is a season. Today, I want you to know and hear this. Seeds grow. That's the sermon in a sentence this morning. Seeds grow. Shortest of all sentences. I don't think one word counts as a sentence, right? So this is the shortest of all sentences. If you missed it the first two times, tune in. You get the whole sermon right here. Seeds grow. Okay, back to your mind wandering. That's it. Full stop. Period. If seeds have a vocation in the Frederick Beekner sense where their greatest joy meets the world's greatest need, it is to grow. If they have a calling in life, If seeds have a central purpose or a meaning in their life, it is to grow. If seeds have a destiny, a fate to embrace, it is to grow. If there were seven habits of highly effective seeds, they would be grow, 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 grow. Seeds grow. I mean, in this parable that we just heard, the most boring of all parables, they aren't even planted. They're merely scattered, as though without a plan, or thought, or attention to any sort of detail whatsoever, and yet, still those seeds grow. Seeds grow. And in the same way, God's reign grows, period. Whatever you do or don't do, we want to rush to contribute to God's reign 
And that's not a bad instinct. But that's not the point here. It's not the point today. The point today is that seeds grow, and so it is with God's reign, with or without us. I think of our peace lamp and how we each week we say we both witness to and participate in God's vision for a just peace for all creation. And on 51 other Sundays of the year, we pay a lot of attention to the ways in which we participate in God's vision for a just peace for all creation. And this morning, we witness. Wow. We witness. Seeds grow. We witness to God's vision because seeds grow. God's rain grows. Full stop. It's just what they do. Thanks be to God. That said, of course we all know seeds that have not grown. Or have begun to grow only to shrivel up or wither away. And even in Mark, immediately before our seed parables for today is the parable of the sower, which includes seeds that do not grow. And in our our lives, we have all known loss and sorrow. We've all known infertility of one kind or another, and even death. And what to say to that? Well, what I can say most clearly and truthfully and with conviction is this. God is with us. God is with us in that loss and sorrow and infertility and death. In the shriveling and withering and scorching, God is with us. Which leads me to yet another Jan Richardson blessing. Yes, Brian and Maria, all these years later, I'm still quoting Jan Richardson. Because she has... Words for all manner of things. Oh, Brian and Maria were in my church in Chicago. That was the reference. So they've known me for a very, very long time. They knew my husband before I did. Um, Jan Richardson has words for all manner of things that I needed to hear and perhaps didn't even know I needed to hear. And so Jan shared this week on Facebook that when she went into her art studio uh, with these seed parables in her heart and in her mind, She found herself encountering not a seed in the studio, but the space that waits for a seed. A space that, as she writes, holds itself in a shimmering emptiness, already loving what it cannot see, but aches to unfold. And so I'm going to share a blessing from Jan, blessing that holds a nest in its branches. The emptiness that you have been holding for such a long season now, that ache in your chest that goes with you night and day in your sleeping and rising, think of this as not a mere hollow, the void left from the life that has leached out of you. Think of it like this, as the space being prepared for the seed. Think of it as your earth that dreams of the branches the seed contains. Think of it as your heart making ready to welcome the nest its branches will hold. The question that Jan asks is this, in the spaces that seem so empty, what might yet take hold? And it is so good, even though I just want to end the sermon with seeds grow, 
uh, it is so good to acknowledge that space awaiting a seed on this morning, on any morning really, because our world is always so broken, just in different ways. But on this morning, when 200 detained parents separated from their kids, from their children, are currently in the SeaTac detention center. They're in one of our prisons, 200 of them, and thousands more across our country where our politicians blithely quote Christian scriptures yet seem to fail to remember that Jesus was a refugee child. I don't know how to segue, um, but I will share this. Last week, um, on Saturday, Jonathan and I participated in the Seattle Race Conference that took, down, uh, took place at um, Seattle University. And just after lunch, there was a panel of activists and organizers from EPIC, Ending the Prison Industrial Complex. And I had heard this before, but I had never heard it directly from an EPIC organizer, so I was glad to hear it a second time. I feel like it solidified. It took root. The seed took root. Huh? On point. They talked about their organizing and how they consciously have chosen to spend energy, time, and resources. 75%, no, I'm going to start with 25% of it goes toward resisting and 75% toward creating, toward creating what needs to be created, toward building the new thing that needs to be built, toward imagining the world that they want to live in and help to create. So they very intentionally say, time, resources, energy, 25% to resisting. We gotta keep resisting. And 75% to building and creating. So in that spirit, I'm gonna set up, tomorrow I'm gonna resist with uh, an interfaith group showing up down in the South End to protest the SeaTac detentions. And today, I'm going to keep imagining and creating. So a word about the mustard seed, whose eventual branches will hold the nest. It's the second of our two seed parables this morning. And Matthew and Luke, who are perhaps offended by Mark, we heard Mark's version this morning, they're perhaps offended by Mark's referring to the mustard shrub, and they're perhaps drawing on Ezekiel's image of the tree, which we heard in the voice of Rex this morning. Rex was reading the Ezekiel passage with the great cedar Um, the stately cedar, or as Ezekiel says, the noble cedar. So Matthew and Luke take Mark's mustard seed shrub and they turn it into a tree. But Mark is the first gospel. Mark is the oldest gospel. Most scholars agree that Matthew and Luke had a copy of Mark in front of them when they wrote their gospels. So they saw the shrub, they changed it to a tree. Mark says that the reign of God is like a mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds, which when sown grows and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, in whose branches birds of the air can make nests and find shade. The greatest of all shrubs was perhaps too puny for Matthew and Luke, too scrabbly or scruffy or undignified, almost like a punchline. Seed sown grew and grew until it became the greatest of all shrubs. Shrub? It became a shrub? A shrub. A shrub? (laughs) So Matthew and Luke take this greatest of all shrubs and turn it into a tree, but I rather prefer Mark's greatest of all shrubs 
because you might even call the mustard shrub, the greatest of all shrubs, a misfit among its peers. And given last week's sermon and scripture, this misfit thing is becoming a theme. Let's just see how many weeks in a row I can talk about misfits in the sermon. I do think that God has a special place in the divine heart for misfits, misfit people, misfit shrubs, misfit kingdoms, and scrappy communities. The mustard seed and its misfit greatest of all shrubs progeny takes us back to our sermon in a sentence. Seeds grow. They grow into lofty cedars and they grow into the greatest of all shrubs. Seeds grow, which seems to me a great message on the day of celebrating our graduates, sending them off to the next season of their life and the start of their adult lives. So first to parents, Sunday school teachers, mentors, and back to the parents. So just to make sure you hear it, hear this word, seeds grow. It's what they do. Seeds grow. And to the graduates, Liam and Seth. The adults in your life who have loved and nurtured you, many of whom are in this room, have scattered seeds in your life, and they're proud and anxious and hope-filled and a whole mix of things about those seeds. But this I say to you, Liam and Seth. Is Seth here? I'm going to... There! I couldn't see you. I can see your whole family, but I can't see you. So this is a word for Liam and Seth very specifically. On this day of marking your transition from living at home, a child of your family, a child of this church, to launching off and beginning to find your own way in this world, you will now in more real ways become scatterers of seeds yourselves. That's one of the transitions that's happening with this. You will become scatterers of seeds in the people around you and in the world. And so I want you to hear the exact same word that I've shared with your parents and teachers and mentors. Seeds grow. It's what they do. Participate in the scattering and the nurturing of the seeds in the world, but also remember to pause and bear witness. Seeds grow. God's rain grows within you, around you, among you, and with you. Thanks be to God for that good news this morning, and may it be so. A blessing on both of you as you go from this place. You're always welcome home. Amen.